Why are the LA Kings a different team at home than on the road? The answer may be pretty simple. That and more on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I am Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the last 17 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for over 30 years. The LA Kings continue to prepare for their next game Thursday against the Florida Panthers, looking to get a big win on home ice following their worst loss of the season this past Saturday against the Philadelphia Flyers. And I wanted to get into the Kings' disparity as far as their home and road record. I'm sure you know 7-0. On the road, the only NHL team still undefeated away from home. And 1-3-3 three, and three at home, the only NHL team that's currently holding down a playoff spot that has a losing record at home. I was talking to you, Mikey Alexander, and if you go to Kings games, you might know Mikey. Uh, he, along with Kayla, are one of the two in-arena hosts during the Kings games. And by the way, Mikey is a proud everydayer. Saw him after the Flyers game, and he could not have been nicer, very kind, about what he had to say about me and the show. It was uh, greatly appreciated. Thank you, Mikey. Uh, But we were talking about what's going on with the Kings at home and on the road and why the difference and some theories as to why that may be the case. So I decided to look a bit into it. And this does happen from time to time in the NHL, maybe without a ton of rhyme or reason. Uh, Just last season, for example, the Buffalo Sabres who have missed the playoffs 16 straight seasons, the longest current drought of any NHL team. It might be the longest current drought of any sports team as far as the four major sports in North America. But they were 25-13-3 on the road last season. Only six teams in the NHL had more road wins than the Buffalo Sabres. But Sabres were 17-20-4 at home. They missed the playoffs by one point. If they were just a 500 team at home, They could have snapped that playoff drought. As for the Kings so far, um, they have not been quite the same team at home as on the road. And I am reminded of something called Occam's Razor. Uh, Now, I'm not trying to make myself sound smart. Uh, This theory isn't all that complicated, but it is a philosophy that dates back to the 14th century. uh, Philosopher William uh, Occam, who uh, had a probably problem-solving principle that recommends searching for explanations constructed with the smallest possible set of elements. Uh, In more simpler terms, his theory was, or his principle was, the simplest explanation is usually the correct explanation. In other words, don't overthink things. So applying Occam's razor for the reasons that the Kings have had a disparity at home and on the road as far as their win-loss record. Looking at it, the Kings have played tougher competition at home than they have on the road. If you look at the Kings' opponents so far, they've played seven games at home. 
and seven games on the road. Of their seven home games, five of the teams that they played are currently holding a playoff spot in the standings. Uh, the combined record of the seven teams they've played at home is 64, 34, and 6. Of these seven opponents the Kings have played on the road so far this year, three of those teams are currently holding a playoff spot in the NHL standings, and those teams have a combined record of 53, 41, and 10. So that could be a very simple, very simple explanation as to why the Kings haven't been as good at home as they have on the road. Frankly, uh, very simply, they've just played better competition. Uh, Also, and I have to credit Mikey Alexander uh, on this one, uh, he said that he didn't believe the Kings had scored the first goal at home at all this season. Uh, and he said he wasn't sure about it, but he said that he thought that was the case. And I was like, I, I'm not sure about that either. Let me look into it. Well, he was almost right. The Kings, uh, six of the Kings, seven home games, they have not scored the first goal of the game. The one exception was the one game they've won at home. That was a 6-3 win over the Coyotes on October the 24th. As for the Kings on the road, in six of their seven road games, they have scored the first goal of the game to get a lead. The only one that they did not get the lead on uh, and won was also against the Coyotes. That was a 5-4 come-from-behind win on October the 27th. So uh, obviously the Kings can't do much about their schedule. I would assume that later in the season, uh, their opponents uh, at some point won't be as good as the opponents they've seen to this point. Uh, By the way, the Kings' next two home games against the Florida Panthers Thursday, against the St. Louis Blues Saturday, both those teams are currently holding playoff spots in the standings. So the competition at home not getting any easier here uh, in the near future. Uh, So again, using Occam's Razor, uh, the easiest explanation is usually the correct explanation. The Kings have played better teams at home than on the road and for the Kings to fix their issues at home, perhaps it's just as easy as getting off to better starts, getting the first goal of the game, and hopefully they'll be fine. So again, better competition at home than they have on the road, and in six of the seven road wins, they've gotten the lead, they've scored the first goal of the game, six uh, of the seven home losses, they have fallen behind and not scored the first goal of the game. So it's a pretty easy, basic, rudimentary explanation. I'm sure there are other factors that may go deeper into it than just that, but maybe that is just the the example when we're trying, or the uh, explanation when we're trying to figure out what the issue is. If the Kings get off to better home starts uh, and uh, get the first goal of the game and maybe not play a bunch of playoff teams, maybe that's just as easy as uh, what the explanation is and how they can solve their problems going forward. So we'll keep an eye on that, especially Thursday against the Florida Panthers. Will the Kings get off to a good start? Will they score the first goal? Will they get a lead? And will that translate into a win? Unfortunately, they are playing a team in Florida that I believe is second in their division right now. So the opponent strength of schedule, that kind of thing is certainly not going to get any easier for the Kings. Uh, We do have some Kings news to pass along. I don't know how much you care about preseason games, uh, I certainly don't care much about it, to be honest, except for the fact that, oh, I do a podcast and I need content to talk about uh, during that time of the year. But uh, the LA Kings are not playing any home preseason games next season. 
the reason for that is very simply the uh, next phase of the renovations to crypto.com arena will be wrapping up in early October. So the Kings will not be able to play at their home arena. So I guess they were looking for a place to play and the place they're going to be playing uh, their two home preseason games next year is Quebec city uh, north of the border in Canada, October 3rd against Boston, October 5th against Florida. Uh, the Kings will be playing their home games in Quebec City. Uh, according to friend of the show and LA Kings insider Zach Dooley, uh, the visit to Quebec City will be the first for an NHL team in more than five years, playing in a building that is widely considered to be NHL ready. Uh, they will actually be also holding part of their training camp in Quebec City as well. And for those of you that uh, may not know, um, Quebec City was once uh, the home of an NHL team, the Quebec Nordiques who uh, played there from 1979 to 1995. Now, I'm not in the current building that has been built there. Uh, that was an older building that's been torn down. Uh, but the uh, the Nordiques uh, ended up moving to Colorado, became the Avalanche, and uh, really to rub it in, uh, the salt in the wound of Quebec City losing their team, the Avalanche then won the Stanley Cup in their first year of existence uh, in Denver. They never won the Cup while they were in Quebec. So that is uh, that is about as bad as it gets. Um, so for the Kings, you know, it, it won't be, uh, as much of a difference, I guess, as this preseason Remember, the Kings played, I think they only played one uh, preseason game at crypto.com arena. They played in Australia. They played in San Diego. They played in Salt Lake city. They may even played a game in Ontario. I can't remember. Um, so it is interesting that the Kings will not have any home preseason games next year. Um, but I wondered why Quebec city it seems a little random. And I thought maybe AEG, the Anschutz Entertainment Group, which owns the LA Kings, maybe they owned the arena in Quebec City. They own an arena in Kansas City. Uh, they actually own T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas as well. Um, but I looked into it, and no, Quebec City, uh, the arena there is not owned by AEG. So there is an old saying that I love from an old TV executive named Don Olmeyer, and he said, quote, the answer to all your questions is money. End quote. And that's often the case. And I did see uh, the guys over at mirrorsmanor.com. I uh, did have in an article that the Kings are apparently getting paid $5 million to play two preseason games in Quebec City. So there you have your answer as to why the Kings are playing their two preseason games in Quebec City next year. Hey, since we had time, uh, I wanted to check in on the Kings' recent draft picks and how they are doing on the young season and their respective leagues. We're going to do that next here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Andre Kopitar scores a hat trick and the LA Kings win the Stanley Cup. That sounds good, right? Well, you know what else sounds good? You winning 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey on the Sleeper app as the official daily fantasy app of the Locked on NHL Network. Sleeper is our top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you pick more or less based on goals, assists, saves, points, and more. And Sleeper offers 100 times payout. 100 times. And although we love the NHL, you can also bet on other things other than hockey. The NFL is in full swing. College football going on and the NBA underway as well. Now is a great time to get in on all the amazing sports action. Make the right picks and you could win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL. And you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's locked on NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availabilities. 
LA Kings face the Florida Panthers Thursday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Catch every moment of the hometown broadcast of your LA Kings with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search LA Kings. So I was curious myself, how are some of the Kings' recent draft picks doing so far on the season in their respective leagues? And so I decided to do a little digging, and I thought, well, maybe some of the uh, people who watch and listen to this show might be interested in that as well. Uh, so we're going to check in on recent draft picks of the LA Kings. And I decided what's a, what's a good sample size to use. And I figured I'd go back the last five years of NHL drafts for the LA Kings. And I figured I'd keep the grouping together as far as draft class, just to see how that's going. So that's what we're going to do. So we'll go back five years to the 2019 draft. And some of these names will be obvious to you, but uh, let's start with Alex Turcott, first round pick of the Kings in 2019. He's playing for the Ontario Reign. 12 games so far for uh, Turcott. He's got two goals and eight assists for 10 points. And there's been some scuttlebutt, some uh, some talk about maybe him joining the Kings here in the near future for Alex Laferriere. We talked about that with Jesse Cohen on our show on Tuesday. And if you missed that show, go back and check it out. Uh, also for the Kings in 2019, they had a second first round pick. They took defenseman Tobias Bjornfoot. Uh, he is obviously with the Kings, but only played one game so far in L.A. No goals, no assists, and no points. Arthur Kaliev was a second-round pick in 2019 by the Kings. He's played 12 games for L.A. this season, three goals, four assists for seven points. Uh, forward Samuel Fogimo, we're happy to say we can talk about him because he's back with the Kings organization. Also a second-round pick in 2019. He's in Ontario. He's played one game for the Reign. He's got one goal, uh, no assists for one point. Remember, he was claimed off waivers by Nashville. Played four games for the Predators and had a goal, no assist for one point for them before they put him on waivers and the LA Kings reclaimed him. Uh, fourth round pick in 2019 by the Kings, defenseman Jordan Spence. He's played 13 games for the Kings this year, no goals, six assists for six points. Uh, defenseman Kim Nosiainen was a fourth round pick for the Kings in 2019. He's playing in Ontario, six games, no goals, one assist for one point for him. Uh, defenseman Brandon Doyle was a sixth round pick for the Kings. He's still playing college hockey. He's at Northeastern. He's only played four games, no goals, no assists for no points. And left winger Andre Lee was a seventh-round pick for the Kings in 2019. He is in Ontario. He just got activated off of season-opening injured reserve back on November the 8th, but he has yet to play a game for the Ontario Reign. How about the 2020 draft class for the LA Kings? Of course, it starts with Quinton Byfield, the number two overall pick in the draft. He's, of course, with the Kings. 14 games, two goals, 11 assists for 13 points. Not bad so far for Quentin Byfield. Uh, the next pick in 2020 for the Kings was forward Casper Simon Tavel. He's a third round pick. He's currently playing for Kalpa in Finland. He's got 18 games under his belt, five goals, four assists for nine points. Uh, the third selection in 2020 for the Kings was forward Alex Laferriere, third round pick. He's played 14 games for the Kings, two goals, one assist. For three points. Uh, goalie Juho Markkanen was a fourth round pick for the Kings in 2020. He's playing over in Finland. Five games. He's got a 4.18 goals against average and an 849 save percentage. I did not see a win-loss record for him in the stats that I could find. Uh, Martin Kromiak was a fifth round pick in 2020 by the Kings. He's in Ontario. 12 games, four goals, three assists for seven points. Uh, defenseman Ben Meehan was a fourth round pick for the Kings in 2020. He's playing at UMass Lowell right now. Eight games, no goals, three assists for three points for the defenseman. And finally, forward Atu Jamson 
Seventh round pick in 2020. He's playing over professionally in Finland. He's got nine games under his belt, five goals, four assists for nine points. Simon Teivel, uh, Laferriere, Chromiak, Nian, and Jamson all were with the Kings this preseason at the development camp. Uh, the 2021 draft class for the LA Kings, of course, Brant Clark, the number one pick. Uh, the defenseman is in Ontario, 12 games, three goals, seven assists for 10 points. So playing well in his first full professional season with the rain uh, forward. Francesco Pinelli was a second round pick in 2021. He's also in Ontario with the rain, 11 goals, just one goal and one assist for two points for Francesco Pinelli. I was really high on him in the preseason, thought he looked really good, uh, but unfortunately off to a bit of a slow start in Ontario. We'll see if he picks it up as we go along and we'll check in on these guys again later in the season to see where they are compared to where they are now. Uh, Samuel Hellenius forward was a second round pick in 2021. He's also in Ontario, 12 games, no goals, two assists for two points. And defenseman Kirill Krasanov was a third round pick in 2021 by the Kings. He's playing in the KHL uh, with uh, Nizhny Novgorod. I'm sure I said that right. Uh, he's played seven games, uh, no goals, no assists, and no points for him. Uh, Clark, Pinelli, and Hellenius were all at the Kings development camp this season. Uh, the 2022 draft class, all these players were at the Kings development camp this year. Uh, you've got Jack Hughes, the forward, second round pick in 2022. He's at Boston University right now. He's played eight games, one goal, two assists for three points. Uh, also forward Kenny Connors was a fourth round pick for the Kings in 2022. He's playing collegiately at, at UMass Amherst. He's played 10 games, two goals, two assists for four points. Defenseman Angus Booth, also a fourth-round pick in 2022. He's playing in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League for Shawinigan. He's played 16 games. He's got one goal, four assists for five points. Otto Saline, a defenseman, uh, is playing over in Finland for I I HIFK Helsinki. Uh, he's played in 20 games, no goals, four assists for four points. Jared Wright, forward, sixth-round pick in 2022. He's at the University of Denver. He's played 10 games. He's got three goals and three assists for six points. Jack Sparks, a defenseman, was a sixth-round pick as well in 2022. He's playing in the United States Hockey League for the Muskegon Lumberjacks. He's got 14 games under his belt, one goal, two assists for three points. And Caleb Lawrence, seventh-round pick of the Kings in 2022. He's playing in the OHL for the Ottawa 67s. I think that was Jim Fox's old team. Uh, 16 games for Caleb Lawrence. Six goals, three assists for nine points for Caleb. So he's looking pretty good for the Ottawa 67s, again, a seventh-round pick of the Kings in 2022. And all those guys were at the Kings development camp. So if you got out the development camp this year, you got a chance to see some of those guys in action. And finally, the latest draft class for the LA Kings in 2023. And again, all these players were at the Kings development camp. Uh, this season, you had defenseman Jakob Dvorak, second-round pick. He's playing for Liberis in the Czech League. Uh, he's played in 14 games. He's got two goals and one assist for three points. Uh, right winger Cohen Zemer was a third-round pick for the Kings this past year. He is in the Western Hockey League playing for Prince George. 15 games for him. He's got seven goals and 16 assists for 23 points. So things are going very well for Cohen Zemer there in uh, Prince George. Uh, that's uh, pretty impressive. 23 points in 15 games. That's getting it done. Uh, goaltender Hampton Zolkinski was a fourth round pick by the Kings. He's playing for the Fargo force in the U S hockey league. How about this, uh, for his numbers, seven games, six and zero, 
1.94 goals against average and a 904 save percentage. I had thought he was going to play college hockey this year. Maybe it's next year that he's going, I believe, to like Northern Michigan. But again, uh, goaltender Hampton Skolkinski, uh, seven games, 6-0, and goals against average under two and a save percentage, uh, 904. That's that's pretty good. So a couple of Kings recent draft picks, Cohen Zemer and Hampton Skolkinski, both looking very good in their respective leagues so far this season. Uh, defenseman Matthew Mania, one of our favorite names for Kings uh, draft picks uh, lately, a fifth-round pick. Uh, I actually saw a tweet that he is making his season debut tonight for the Sudsbury Wolves in the OHL. He's coming off off-season shoulder surgery, so best of luck to Matthew Mania getting back on the ice and playing in a game tonight for Sudbury. And finally, right-winger Ryan Comney, sixth-round pick for the Kings in 2023. He's playing at the University of New Hampshire. Seven games for him this year. He's got one goal and six assists for seven points. So just wanted to kind of give you an update. I'm sure these are some names you're, you've probably heard of. Maybe you're, some of you are more familiar with them than others. Obviously some of the later picks we talked about are obviously playing with the Kings, uh, but just it give, kind of gives you a little bit of, you know, where the Kings recent draft picks are, have kind of settled in uh, and what they're doing right now so far early in the season. And this is something we're going to definitely check in on again, um, you know, somewhere like halfway uh, during the season and to see um, how these guys are doing. Just want to keep tabs on some of these players, especially since we kind of had time with a bit of an extra day off this uh, this week with the LA Kings not playing a game until Thursday. We do have an update on the death of former Ontario Rain player Ryan Johnson. We will talk about that next here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply, even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Revatio. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medications. Remember, to use the promo code locked on at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace quote, I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut my pills in half. I ordered most of my daily meds with a one year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit and I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. End quote. If you or someone you love would like to get some peace of mind by having a one-year supply of any daily meds, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember, use the promo code Locked On for 20% off of your purchase. The LA Kings face the Florida Panthers Thursday, 7.30 Pacific time. Catch every moment of the hometown broadcast of your LA Kings on Sirius XM. Use the SXM app search for LA Kings. Uh, there is news on that story surrounding the death of former Ontario Reign player Adam Johnson. Uh, British police arrested Matt Petgrave, the Sheffield Steelers player whose skate cut the throat of Johnson while he was playing in a game for the Nottingham Panthers, resulting in Johnson's death. Petgrave has been charged with manslaughter Chief uh, Detective Chief Superintendent Bex Horsfall of the South Yorkshire Police told the BBC, quote, we've been carrying out extensive inquiries to piece together the events which led to the loss of Adam in these unprecedented circumstances. We've been speaking to highly specialized experts in their field to assist us in our inquiries 
and continue to work closely with the Health and Safety Department of Sheffield City Council, which is supporting our ongoing investigation, end quote. Uh, the tragic incident occurred the night of October 28th after a collision with another player. Petgrave's leg kicked out violently, making contact with Johnson, who wasn't delivering the hit, but was skating nearby. Uh, Johnson succumbed to his injury at a Sheffield hospital overnight, and the Panthers announced his death. On October 29th, on Sunday, uh, Petgrave returned to game action for the first time since Johnson's death. He received a standing ovation from the Sheffield crowd. Obviously, uh, I am not a lawyer, and I'm not a British lawyer, so I can't say that I know exactly how all of these things work. I'm a bit out of my element here, but as far as I understand it, um, the player, uh, Matt Petgrave, being charged with manslaughter um, well, first of all, manslaughter, as I understand it, it's basically a reckless act that results in the death of someone. It doesn't mean it was an intentional act, um, but it's it's something that you can be held responsible for, even if you didn't intend to do it. Um, and, but what, from what I understand, from what I've read, um, charging him with manslaughter uh, is part of the process that where they can officially do interviews, bring in Matt Petgrave and talk to him kind of on the record. So it's, it's almost more of a procedural thing as I understand it, than it is necessarily, you know, him going to uh, before a judge or before a jury and being, you know, the evidence being heard and then them rendering a verdict on whether he's going to have to go to jail or whatever punishment could be. So I'm not sure that's exact is exactly the same as it could be here in the U.S. I, I don't know if the police decided there's enough here to charge him, which means investigating further, or maybe you send that on to a prosecutor and then they decide if the actual charges are going to be filed against him or not. So uh, it's pretty um, it's not a very clear situation at this point. Um, if you saw the incident and I did see the video of the incident. I know a lot of people on social media, for better or for worse, probably more for worse, a lot of people jumped to conclusions about uh, the responsibility that Matt Petgrave had uh, in the death of Adam Johnson. And I will concede that the, the incident is unusual. Um, I've only seen one angle of it from the cameras, and I don't know that there are any other angles of it. So it's hard to really pass a judgment on what you see from one angle, that kind of standard angle from center ice that we're used to seeing for hockey games. All I can tell you is this from what I, from what I saw the, the contact and the way Matt Petgrave's leg flew up in the air violently was, I thought very unusual. That does not mean I'm saying he did anything purposefully or that he's should be, you know, uh, investigated for something intentional. Uh, I think that's going way too far. I know some people want to go there. I'm not willing to go there. I just, I just, I just don't think that that is uh, that I can say that with any kind of accuracy. And then, if you really think about it, if he had intended to do this, can you imagine the circumstances and how the timing of how he would have to go about doing that, making contact with another player, and oh by the way, uh, you know Adam Johnson just happens to be kind of skating by at the exact same time that I'm going to throw my leg up. It just, I don't know. I'm not saying it's impossible. I am saying it, it doesn't seem to pass the, uh, the test for me as far. I just, it, it would be the timing of having to do that would be uh, remarkable. And what is the motivation for him doing that? 
Is there, are there other, is there other evidence that needs to be brought to light? You know, if there, if you're going to tell me that uh, there was a history between those two players that might be of interest, if you're going to tell me that there was any kind of a specific threat made because of an incident between those two players, that certainly would get my interest. I haven't heard any of uh, that. There's any kind of that kind of evidence at all. So um, it does get your attention when you see that a player was charged with manslaughter in the death of Adam Johnson, where it goes from here. Uh, we'll certainly keep an eye on it, but it is something that has certainly grabbed the attention of the hockey world worldwide. Um, and it certainly has had um, the outcome of some players and some leagues going to the, the uh, throat protection. And so there are ramifications as far as, you know, the aftermath of this going forward. But anyway, that was the latest uh, from the uh, passing of Adam Johnson. And I know a lot of people in the hockey world are talking about it. So I did want to mention it and bring it up. If maybe you had not heard the latest news uh, for you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch Locked on LA Kings every day tomorrow, we are going to preview Thursday's game against the Florida Panthers. And Friday, of course, we'll recap that game and have another Kings fan feedback show as well. If you want to send an email, the email address is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. We'd also love for you to stay interactive with the show by following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at LockedOnLAKings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you, as always, for listening and watching this episode of Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a great day. We will talk to you on Thursday. And as always, go Kings go.